Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Hello, this is Luke from New York. Thank you for always giving us uh, great advice. My question is on ICLN, iShares Global Clean Energy ETF. And provides unbiased answers. Well, the charts on ICLN, which is the iShares Global Clean Energy ETF, uh, doesn't look very promising in the short to medium term. Uh, it's been consolidating after this large sell-off. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, September 20th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk, and I appreciate you all tuning in this hour. And as summer winds down and we enter the fourth quarter, just a handful of trading days away, it's important to put the market in context and your portfolio in context to the, the risks that you're willing to take and should be taking and to your overall investment plan. And that's what I'm here to help you do, give you that perspective and fine tune your plan. Because a lot of people don't have a plan. And I think that's number one, is to make sure you have a plan for your portfolio, for your strategy. So many people just buy things willy nilly here and there, they hear an idea, they see an idea, they read about an idea and they put in their portfolio. Well, I'm here to give you the tools to be more professional about that and build a plan that's made for you. So on this podcast, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is always independent thinking and shared success. That's my assurance that whenever I talk about the market, I explain a process, I talk about a particular stock, I'm here to give it all to you without bias. Just give you the facts as I see them in front of me as well as using my 20 plus years of investment experience. Now I'm Justin Klein, of course, I encourage you to contact me with your finance and investment questions. And when you do so, you get to shape the show to your liking. So I encourage you to reach out right now during our live stream program, four to five Pacific time, or if you're listening after hours, leave a message on our invest talk voice bank, 888 chart. So let's get right to our first listener question now. Hi, this is Daniel from Houston. Well, thank you for everything you guys do on the show. Calling about stock ticker CCJ. It's a Comico Corporation. It's in their uranium space. I wanted to know what would be a good entry point. It it jumped up recently. However, uh, do you think it'll stay in that higher range, or do you think there'll be a pullback potentially? And if so, what's a good place to get in? Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, looking at Kamiko Corp, uh, this is one of the largest uranium miners in the world. We own this for uh, some clients. And right now at the close today, at 2131, we've been picking it up for a while now, uh, over the past year, um, probably somewhere in the mid-teens. But the me- reason we, we like it is because we know that if you're trying to transition to a greener energy economy globally, you're going to need nuclear power. And there's 
already growth, not necessarily here in the U.S., but globally for new nuclear power plants. So the demand for the fuel is going to increase. But what's happened recently is the Sprott Uranium Trust uh, out of Canada is starting to buy a lot of the above ground supply and really pushed spot prices up. So that's what you've seen recently with the uranium stocks. But they pulled back. Uh, CCJ hit a high uh, early last week of 26 and change. Now we're at 2131. Hit the 50-day moving moving average today, as well as kind of the breakout area from uh, where where it really took off, and so this is actually good support in the low 20s, and so this would be an area that I'd be accumulating, uh, Kimiko. Thanks for the call. Now my focus point today is based on the story behind this question: Could a proposal to prohibit IRAs from holding certain private investments be bad for some investors? There's a tax tax package unveiled in the House. And this would limit how individual retirement accounts can hold certain private investments. And I'll, I'll dig into that story a little bit more. And, and maybe it applies to you or maybe it won't. Uh, maybe it won't be passed. We'll see. But it's going to be interesting to see what it actually comes out. I also want to go over this week in the economic news because there is a lot of economic data points, especially Federal Reserve announcement later this week on Wednesday, and this will be crucial for uh, how the market sees uh, liquidity going forward, and we have a bunch of other data points that will tell us a little bit more real-time what's going on with the economy. So I want to really guide you through the week there. And then lastly, inflation. Transitory inflation, or is it? We're going to look back at previous bouts of inflation and how we can potentially use those analogs to understand today's inflation picture in context. So those are things that are on my mind, but ultimately I want to know what is on your mind. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. Now, today in the markets, the SP was down about 75 points. Sounds big, but a little less than 2%, nothing really that crazy. Uh, and a lot of people are thinking this is a really bearish print, really bearish market. Well, we're still above the 100-day moving average uh, on the S&P. And on the NASDAQ, we are still, yeah, still above the 100 as well. So that was down 330 points, a little bit worse there. Definitely saw more weakness uh, in that side of the market. Uh, but you had treasuries down about six basis points and certainly a rush to safety a bit. You had gold up decently after the big sell-off last week. So that's showing a bit of strength. And the bigger question is what happens on Wednesday? The expectation is the announcing of tapering. But does what's happening uh, over in, at Evergrande in, in China and their broader economy uh, impact what the Fed is going to do ultimately? And what the market's selling off here. Is that going to impact the timing and size of a Fed QE taper? So we'll see what that looks like. But um, we hit support today on the major indices. And so a short-term bounce would not shock me. And I don't really expect a, a large uh, drawdown in the markets. You're, you're now, let's see, let's look at the S&P real quick. It's high was around 45, 48. Now we're at 43, 57. Less than 200 points. 
talking about less than 5% drop in the markets from peak to trough. It's a very, very minor pullback. Now, it's weaken the charts a bit. Definitely more of a neutral stance in the shorter term. Uh, but definitely into some support, so don't be shocked to see a bounce in the near term. Now we're heading into a quick break, but I'm here, ready to answer your questions on Invest Talk at 99 chart. No two investors have an identical portfolio. So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take InvestTalk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The InvestTalk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. Good morning. This is Brad from New Jersey. Uh, I had a question about inheriting stocks. Are stocks sold and you get the financial lump sum, or do you actually inherit the stocks? Does that work the same way if you have multiple children? Could each child decide if they inherited someone's portfolio? Um, just wanted some more information on that, just so I'm aware of it. Thanks for all you guys do. Bye-bye. Well, a lot of that depends. Uh, what does it say in the will and the trust when it comes to the stocks? Uh, it might uh, instruct the executor to liquidate the portfolio and then disperse it to the heirs, um, or oftentimes it will just transfer as equity as well. So there's definitely not a hard and fast rule here. Uh, what happens in an inherited, if you inherit equity of some type, now I'm not talking about IRAs or anything like that, I'm talking about inheriting stock, you get a stepped up basis. So whatever the price of that stock is, when the person passes away, now you get that stepped up basis for that particular stock. So you can sell it right away. You're basically not going to uh, incur any tax liability. Now, that's what I'm saying today. There is a bill going through Congress that it could potentially change that step up rule. And, and, and there's they're finding ways, trying to find ways to reduce the ability for generations to pass on wealth to the next generation tax-free. And so that stuff, that basis might change, but as of now, that's how it works. And it's not a hard and fast rule. So make sure that you don't, don't think it's a kind of this broad thing. This is how it always happens. It's just up to the will and the trust. If they have one to give it to uh, the heirs in whatever form it spells out. 
Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this question. Could a proposal to prohibit IRAs from holding holding certain private investments be bad for investors? And this is an interesting one. And I don't know if you know this, but you can set up what is called a self-directed IRA. And you can put almost any type of investment in it. It doesn't have to be traditional stocks. You can actually go buy a small business. could be seed money for a startup. And if those businesses that you invest in hit it big, and suddenly your stake in that company is worth a lot more, it's now tax-sheltered. Okay, so that's the the positive of having that within uh, a tax-deferred vehicle, like an IRA or a Roth IRA. But this new tax package unveiled by House Democrats would forbid individual retirement accounts, IRAs, from holding certain private investments that are typically for only for accredited investors. And so these are typically... Fairly illiquid securities like private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, etc. They're not easy to value usually. They're not traded on, on the open, open market, public markets. So it's a bit difficult to value these things. Not impossible, but often difficult. Now, if passed, the rule would apply to all retirement savers, all IRAs. If you own some of those private investments, Within an IRA, you will need to divest it by 2023 or lose the entire tax benefit of the account. And you might be stuck with a big tax bill right away. Now, there's a couple big issues potentially. One is these private investment holdings are often illiquid, not easy to sell. And can they actually sell it within a two-year time frame at a reasonable price? So it could create some unfair outcomes for some of those investors that are going to be forced to sell. Now, these private investments can go both ways. You can have big, big returns, but you can also have big losses. Usually, they're very risky. Private equity is very levered, usually. A lot of debt. Venture capital is putting money into very young companies that, once again, could hit a big or flame out. be worth nothing. Also, fraudsters often target these private markets as well. And many Ponzi schemes are within this private market where there's a lot lot less regulation. So they're also spinning this as a potential for investor protection. Now, how, how they want to spin it is how they want to spin it, but that's what they're saying. Now, credit investors in 1983 were only 1.6% of American households. Today, 13% qualify as of 2019. And a credit investor is anybody who has a liquid net worth outside of their home more than a million dollars. So this could change for a lot of those people. Uh, And really, this is the Peter Thiel. He has a $5 billion Roth IRA because he put a bunch of small companies in his Roth IRA and many turned out to be giant winners and suddenly he has a $5 billion tax-deferred uh, IRA and and he's the 
that's an anomaly. <laughs> Very rare to ever see something like that. But uh, clearly, they're latching onto that story and the anecdote to pass something like this. So interesting to see what will happen. Remember, this is just a proposal. Nothing's passed yet. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. With all the changes we see happening, it's important to remember that during periods of market uncertainty, like right now, you must stay focused on your plan and you can't afford to backslide. So that's why we are here to help you. And we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Justin in Louisiana looking at Canopy, Canopy Growth Corporation, CGC. Do you own it or looking to buy it? Yeah, I own it. It's just uh, I missed the boat on trimming it way long, <laughs> like six months ago. I didn't mm-hmm. know trimming was a thing until, well, recently listening to y'all. So that would have been useful to know back then. But yeah, I own it, and uh, I'm just wondering whether to hold it for long term. Or, I mean, obviously, I'm thinking well, that, but just saying. I gotcha. Okay. Well, this is Canopy Canopy Growth Corporation. This is a Canadian cannabis company, and. About a, still $5.7 billion market cap, and that's after being down 74% from its 52-week high of 56.50. Now it's at $14.71. You're back to kind of the lows of last summer, and you're entering definitely a support area. The problem is from a fundamental basis, they are issuing more shares. They're losing more money. Uh, revenue has gone up, but they aren't translating that into profits in uh, a highly competitive market. And I don't love the Canadian producers. I rather own the domestic producers who already have a footprint, will be able to expand easily and and, um, and grow if there is some sort of uh, can- or cannabis legislation passed to uh, for banking or, or just making it federally legal or decriminalizing it, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, if I'm going to bet on one of the names, it would be some some domestic cannabis company that has a large growing footprint where cannabis growth, uh, even after being down 71%, 74%, uh, still not cheap because <laughs> it's going to lose 27 cents next year and only make 12 cents this year. So the business is slowing, and I'm just not a fan of it. So you you did miss the boat. You are into some support, but I'd be looking to get out of this sooner rather than later. Thanks for the call, Justin. Thanks so much. 8899-CHART, 8892-4278 is how you get through and ask your question. We have about 30 minutes left in the show, so I encourage you to reach out and Ask me a question, whatever is on your mind. Now let's pivot over to the weak economic uh, numbers and what to expect. So tomorrow are U.S. housing starts that are expected to rebound in August because builders are trying to meet strong demand due to the low interest rates. But construction, construction activity overall has been constrained by high material costs, trouble getting enough workers, 
and finding enough buildable lots. So we'll see how that comes in, how much those issues are impacting the overall new supply of homes where most of the supply coming on the market right now are in that new home uh, inventory. So something definitely to watch. Wednesday, you have the Bank of Japan meeting, uh, but more importantly, the Fed is meeting. And it's going to be a lot about what their economic projections are and how much they hint at tapering. Do they announce tapering itself or hint that they're going to announce it the next meeting in November? So it'll be really interesting to see what they say and how the market reacts uh, when when the Fed comes out with their projections because they'll read a lot into into that. Also on Wednesday, you'll have existing home sales that are forecasted to fall in August because of high prices, limited supply of new homes because of, like I said before, rent and mortgage moratoriums. And that will be interesting to see what is evolving in the existing home markets as, as new supply finally coming on, something to watch. And then Thursday, the big number on Thursday will be the survey of purchasing, purchasing managers from a number of large economies. And it will give us a, a better reading of September on whether the slowdown in global growth is dramatic or minor. It's probably going to vary between countries, between markets, depending on Delta variant spread, uh, the amount of restrictions governments are putting on uh, the, you know, the, the economy there. And that would be important to watch to see what type of growth trajectory the global economy is on. Now, the next Invest Talk, this story. Investors turned to foreign stocks in August, and apparently investors' appetite for U.S. equity funds haven't been consistent. Steve will break down that story tomorrow, but for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach 
involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Luke from New York. Thank you for always giving us uh, great advice. My question is on ICLN, iShares Global Clean Energy ETF. I hold a significant position in it. My average price is $28, down about 25% on it. It's a long-term play for me, so I just wanted to know if you have any advice on the ICLN price going up, what the charts tell you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Well, the charts on ICLN, which is the iShares Global Clean Energy ETF, uh, doesn't look very promising in the short to medium term. Uh, it's been consolidating after this large sell-off in the beginning of the year. It went from about $34 a share, hit a low in May of about $20 a share, and now we're at 22 a little under 22 at the close today, and it's just been consolidating here since May, uh, right between this uh, 20 and call it 25 range. And that was that's called bearish consolidation, meaning it's just gaining power, likely to go lower. Now, no, no guarantee. Remember, art uh, reading charts is more of an art than a science. Uh, but what you see here is the trend is definitely not your friend, making lower series of lower highs and lower lows. Now, the positive is uh, the last low was actually a higher low. Um, although this recent drop today may create another lower low. So maybe the new trend downward is, is intact. So, but you said this is a long-term play for you, so you shouldn't be worried about it, but I would be because <laughs> I just think this is a, an environment where many of these clean energy type companies are very overvalued, uh, and the shine is coming off, especially now that the stimulus packages are going through Congress, and while they lean towards clean energy, uh, they don't do so in, I think, as big of a way that most people had hoped going into the Biden presidency. And so that's why you've seen this sell-off and a whole not a lot, no, a, not a whole lot of traction for a return to a bull market in them. And so short to medium term, I'm bearish on clean energy, but I do think. Once the sentiment is washed out, and this is really what you have to learn here, is that so many people get caught up in price movement and the hype and the story, and they take their eye off of what makes sense for paying for these type of companies. 
And so many of these clean energy companies do not make money. And so it's going to take a lot of growth, a lot of uh, refining of their business to grow into these valuations, which is usually not a, a safe bet. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of these come off. You're seeing this bearish consolidation because the valuations just need to right-size themselves. We've got, gone a long way, like I said, down about 30% from its high. But I think there potentially is more downside for the rest of the year. Now, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. So here are some questions from iTunes reviewers. Podcast Addict 69 says, Vale is an undervalued Brazilian miner with a PE of five. Just wondering if I should buy some or keep waiting for a pullback. Now, looking at Vale, this is a fairly large miner out of Brazil, $80 billion market cap. Once again, fairly diversified, and I like that. This has pulled back. Let's go look at a chart here. The whole commodity space definitely has had a pullback. Uh, but this is into some support on the weekly, right around $14 or so. And right now it's at $15.66. So I think there's still potential for a little more downside, but you're already 32% off its 52-week high. And if you're going based on earnings for this year, $5.46, $4.15 expected next year. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty low PE. Now they do have some debt on their balance sheet, so you don't want to always just look at the PE. Um, but it's it's a good company, certainly high risk. I like that it's pulled back here. It's trading at an enterprise value to EBITDA of three, which historically for Vale is very cheap. So uh, I like this name uh, after this large pullback. Now let's tackle another iTunes review question, Alex from Buffalo. I'm curious to get your thoughts on United Steel Corp X. It seems to have taken a steady loss over the past month. I'm looking for a buying option to get into the steel game, playing on the infrastructure bill that will hopefully be passed soon. Am I late to the game, or is there still time to get in at good prices? If not, USCC, is there another one you'd recommend? Okay. Well, US Steel is also has also pulled back to uh, some pretty decent support, but it did break the 200-day moving average today, and that worries me a bit, the fact that uh, it just really sliced through that and closed below it. And so if this confirms below the 200-day moving average, I think this could return to the mid-teens. Now we're at 2184. So uh, I don't love U.S. Steel overall. This is kind of another one of those stocks that rallied on stimulus hopes, infrastructure hopes, like you said, and that was the narrative, but that's starting to come off. So it's earned $12.91 this year. Which you you go buy a twenty one dollars stock today that's very cheap, but next year only six dollars and twenty nine cents expected down fifty one percent. So it's a very wonky time for the the steel industry, and therefore uh, I would be patient on U.S. steel because it has a history of very very good years like this year, but also very bad years. Two thousand twenty they lost four dollars and sixty seven cents. Two thousand sixteen they lost a dollar fifty eight. Two thousand fifteen they lost a dollar seventy nine. This is not a consistent business. They're a price taker. They're just producing steel. Now, uh, they have been hurt by Chinese dumping, and there could be some changes to trade rules when it comes to Chinese steel, and that might help them. Um, but I just don't love this play overall, technically or fundamentally. 
Now, our Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, and you can leave your question anytime, day or night, on 888 charts. Let's play a listener question now. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. I'm Daryl from New Orleans. I had a question on Shell Oil, RDFA. I invested uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, it's really not changed too much. Um, I'm trying to be a little forward-thinking, and they're more of a, um, I guess, forefront of them is a um, fuel alternative approach as opposed to Exxon, which is still considered oil and gas. And I thought that would be good for the future or to my kids, but uh, it's really done nothing much. And uh, I was wondering what you guys uh, had to say about that. Thank you. Bye. All right, look at Royal Dutch Shell A shares. And this has kind of gone nowhere over the past year or so. It rallied in late October of last year into about $44 a share in March and has gone pretty much sideways. And now at $39.63, really consolidating. Now, I like the oil patch in general uh, because. There's one analyst that said uh, ESG stands for energy stops growing. And what you're seeing is a lack of supply to meet the increasing demand for energy. And whether you want to go green or not, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think governments are trying to force that to happen overnight. And I think their cure for uh, to, to make clean energy economical is to just crimp the supply of carbon-based energy and force people to shift green. Well, what's going to happen is oil prices are going to go up. They're going to remain strong, even if the economy is so-so, because the demand for energy continues to go higher. And so I like the space as a whole. Royal Dutch is not my favorite of them all, even though they're pretty well diversified. I like that. Uh, really across the world, Europe, Asia, Oceania, Africa, North and South America. So one of the largest oil companies in the world. Technically, it just kind of looks, once again, so-so. And I would be looking at some of the other major oil players first over Royal Dutch, um, kind of down on my list. Well, summer is all about over, all but over. And soon the fourth quarter will be here. Starting to see a little volatility in the market, and this is a good time to reassess your portfolio, your strategy, and potentially get a second opinion. So if you want to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment via telephone or go to meetings, just simply reach out to us at our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, 800-557-5461, or you can leave a message on our investtalk.com. And we will set up a time. We'll give you a link to our calendar to to get on our calendar, pick a date and time. So these are no obligation. We're just here to give our advice, operate with the same philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and practice parallel investing and unbiased guidance both on and off air. So if you need help, you want a second opinion, you're trying to get uh, moving in the right direction, reach out to us, set up a call. We'd love to help you. 888 chart 888 We have about 14 minutes left in the show, so if you're going to call, you want to do it right now. Now, let's talk a little bit about inflation, and as we know, Chairman Powell has talked about inflation being transitory. And for investors, they're starting to get a little bit worried about that transitory message that it's not really transitory because 
what the Fed, I think, underestimated were the supply disruptions in the market. And not only from not having enough workers, uh, making having it being very expensive to ship things, um, but also, once again, ESG and the push for not letting energy supplies grow. And you're seeing the result of that. Electricity prices are hitting an all-time high in many European countries. Overall, EU consumer price growth was 3% in August. That was much higher than it was in July. Now, here in the U.S., our inflation data has moderated a bit, but still remains fairly elevated. Now, almost half of the August increase in the Eurozone CPI was attributed to volatile energy prices, particularly natural gas, which whose inventories are very depleted. And so if you look in the markets, they're really pricing in about a 2.6% annual inflation rate through 2025. That's the expectations now, which is certainly lower than the CPI numbers today, which are in the fours. But still, that's much more elevated than what you've seen over the past few decades. And so what, what will the Fed do? Now, the Fed could always quash inflation very quickly. It's raise rates. It's going to put pressure on equity prices, housing prices, the economy as a whole, and demand will certainly slow. But we also know that we run a large deficit. They don't want interest rates to get out of control and crash the, the, the economy. And so they're kind of in a pickle here is how much inflation is going to truly be transitory, like semiconductor shortages, gas shortages. That's the big question. And so I actually think the Fed is going to have to come to terms with this, that their transitory message is not going to resonate in the market for very long as we continue to see these elevated inflation numbers. But the important lesson here is that the Fed's policy tools are blunt. And so they need to be very careful how they shift their policy. And they don't want to do it to where it disrupts financial markets. We've seen that. But they also don't want inflation to get out of control. And so they may have to come to uh, a tough choice here in the next few months if inflation does not moderate. Now let's go to James in New York looking at Intel. Yes, I was hoping to add to my position to in, uh, Intel for the long term. I just wanted to see maybe a good uh, pullback level um, if one is coming where I should add to that. Just uh, curious about the range where I might add to my position. Sure, no problem. Yeah, this is a, this already had a pullback down twenty two point six percent from its fifty two week high, right around the hundred week, sorry, two hundred week moving average. Uh, certainly at some support, but it's been in this area for some time, and that's what makes me a little bit more weary of these support levels. That it keeps testing these support levels. The more you test the support level, the weaker that support gets. Okay, now with Intel. The big question for you is, why did you buy it? Uh, is it a turnaround play? Is it a value play? What are you thinking for Intel, why you want to own it? I mean, it was a value play when I bought it, but I've had it for probably 
10 years or so, I just see that, you know, I'm, I am underweighting it. And I think I could afford to add more to that position as it's mm-hmm. done well for me. So, uh, you know, if it's not worth it, I can clearly look someplace else. But, you know, it, I thought it might be a good good company to add to. Well, the biggest issue with Intel is that AMD has caught up in, in a lot of ways to their processing power and making inroads and in, in market share for a lot a lot of PCs. And while Intel has other businesses, uh, that's their largest business. And their new processing technology, they've been unable to really execute on it well. Now, part of that was the last CEO was a previous CFO, so he was just more of a finance guy than an innovation guy, which I think in the tech space, you just really can't do. You need to have somebody in there that knows how to innovate. But they have a new CEO who was the former CTO, which is good. Uh, But I don't think he's going to be able to fix the problems overnight. Uh, But you have to have confidence in that turnaround plan because earnings are supposed to fall 8% this year and 8% next year. It's not cheap if it does that consistently. Because suddenly, after just a handful of years, you're going to go from $5.17 in earnings uh, last year to sub $4 in 2023. So that's the biggest worry here. You have to have confidence that this new CEO can turn the company around, bring it back to growth. If it can, it's cheap. If it can't, I think it's expensive. So it's kind of in this danger zone here. could go either way. So you need to do your research. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here to help you achieve your financial freedom. And we're going to our final break, so give us a call at 888 chart You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 Chart. Let's go to George in Washington State looking at Sam, Boston Beer Company. Do you own it or looking to buy it? I'm looking to buy it because uh, it, went, it dropped down really almost 50%. And look at the numbers, you know, they still have it. Decent return on the investment and the bunch, it wasn't looking that bad. You know, there was some announcement of decrease in profit, decrease in profits on uh, the salters, but overall, you know, they're still running company. They still sell the beers. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely down big, down 61.2% from its 52 week high of 1300 and about 50 bucks. Now it's at $524. Expected to make $17.81 this year, $21.83 next year. But those those numbers, expectations are coming down. And a lot of this has to do with an oversupply of seltzers. Uh, seltzers hot in the alcohol market. And they have a brand called Truly, which is pretty popular. Oh, them and, and White Claw are kind of the two leaders within the space. Uh, but there's been an oversupply of Trulies in the marketplace, and that's really changed the sentiment in, on this name. But the the question I think George has is, has it gone too far? Uh, down 61%, now is it a decent value? Well, if you look at the cash flow numbers, trailing 12 months, 2020, $113 million free cash flow. 
it's still a six billion dollar business. So uh, I don't think it's cheap based on that metric yet. Uh, but technically, it is into the 100 week moving average. Sorry, 200 week moving average, which is good support. The better support would probably some be somewhere between 450 and yeah, 425 to 450. Now it's at 525. So you know, another five, another 10 percent down would not shock me. And I think that would be a better buying opportunity because right now enterprise value to EBITDA is about 17, which is much lower than it was six months ago. But historically, this tends to trade closer to uh, the low teens, 12, 13. Now it's at 17 times. So I do think there is some potential downside in the near term, but I I think there could easily be um, a bottom in the next uh, few months uh, as this hits support. And there's a little more clarity on their truly business and their seltzer business and whether they can return to growth. Now let's squeeze in another Invest Talk voice bank question just to prove that we value your input and we're happy to play your questions. This came in earlier at 88899Chart. Hey guys, this is Adam from Texas. I had a question about Alpha Alpha Whiskey Whiskey. I would like you to uh, let me know if this is a good choice for buying a position. And it has had a decrease in the earnings per share, but the PE and PB ratios are good, uh, as well as the the earnings per share next year, $11.84 for the market price of 75.63. So it seems like a good deal, but if you could just give me a quick rundown on it, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, this is Atlas Air Worldwide Holdings, and this is a company that owns uh, freight, freighters and passenger aircraft. Uh, they lease additional aircraft. So they're, they're really in the logistics business to help uh, forward freight. And the cost to ship now is about 200% higher than it was pre-pandemic. And that's why you're seeing earnings now. 2019, they made $5.40. That was down from seven twenty-seven in 2018. But this year, it's supposed to make $15.01, uh, down to $11.35 next year. So I think what you're seeing here are very short-term kind of factors. And I expect it, it to moderate, the, the price of shipping to moderate over the coming year, 18 months. And that's going to bring their earnings back down to a much lower level. But technically, it looks fine. And I still expect freight prices to stay elevated to some degree. And as long as they do, this will probably show some promise, continue to grind upwards. But as soon as freight freight costs peak, this is going to go down a lot more because long term, their business is not fantastic. It's not bad, but certainly not fantastic. So uh, as a momentum play, sure, but I would have a tight out. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, now over 34 million. You can anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and be sure to rate and review. If you leave a question with your review, we will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, 
It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 